Prisoner 819 was talking to the prison warden, begging for his release. Meanwhile, just outside the door, he could hear his fellow inmates chanting out loud in military fashion, Prisoner 819 did a bad thing. Prisoner 819 did a bad thing. Prisoner 819 did a bad thing. Prisoner 819 had a name. And after being in this correctional facility for only three days, he had almost forgotten it. The guard on the other side of the door wore large aviator glasses and stood menacingly nearby to remind Prisoner 819 that he had no power. Prisoner 819 and the guard were both 18 years old, and the prison they stood in was a psychology basement of Stanford University in 1971. Reacting to authority figures affects the human condition, whether you are keeping order by using power, or feel helpless as you are abused by it. I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. The story that follows was submitted by a subscriber. About five years ago, I was in college and just passing the days with homework and the occasional shift at the department store I worked at. I'm normally an introverted girl, so getting me out of the house is a chore for my friends. Per my usual, I was laying out on my bed, listening to some music from my phone. My roommate opened the door to my room and excitedly jumped on my bed. She got invited to a local party via Facebook. I felt like getting out of the house for once, and I told her I'd like to come with. Her eyes lit up. It was the exact answer that she was fishing for, and she didn't want to go to the party alone. The party was in someone's apartment on the other side of town. We drove my blue Nissan Sentra into the parking lot. I turned off the ignition and took a deep breath before getting out of the car. I was mentally preparing myself for the small party talk that I usually hate and find to be very mind-numbing. But tonight, I actually wanted to be out, so I was going to suck it up. Opening my car door, my friend and I step out in high heels and began to slowly click our way across the asphalt. A pickup truck engine roared off to my left and skidded its turn into the parking lot where my friend and I were passing. I saw its headlights bounce up and down from the gutter it sped over. Its headlights were pointing straight at us, and the driver hit the gas going way faster than the neighborhood speed limit. What a dick, I remarked to my friend. Anyone with a big souped-up white truck speeding like that in a residential was really dangerous. I even had the idiotic idea that he meant to hit me. His tires screeched to a halt, breaking right behind my car, blocking it into the parking spot. The driver swung open his door hastily, pointing an LED bright flashlight at my face. Hands up, both of you. The man from the truck demanded so forcibly that I almost looked behind me for the perpetrator, only to realize that he meant me. In my confusion, I gingerly put my hands up chest high. I stood there waiting for more instruction. Why did you run from me? He bellowed. I squinted my eyes, turning my head to the side, looking at my friend. I was confused. She raised her eyebrows back at me and shrugged. I looked to the officer again and asked politely, I'm sorry, officer. Run from you? 
Exactly. I felt my blood draw adrenaline as soon as I understood what he was accusing me of, and began to babble out loud in desperation. Uh, officer, I'm sorry, I, I didn't see any lights. When did you pull me over? Is that really how you want to downplay this? Why did you run from me? He yelled, almost frantic in his remark, holding his flashlight up close to my face. I flinched at the light. I had no idea what he was talking about. I'm the kind of person who follows rules. I don't draw outside the lines, it's just not my nature. To have an authority figure yelling at me and telling me I did something wrong? Unfortunately, that's enough to make me start crying. My roommate thankfully kept a cool head. We all stood there in silence for a minute, listening to his truck engine run. Officer, where did you try to pull me over? I was wondering if my brain coasted, and I just didn't see him. In the dirt, he huffed out his words impatiently. He now had one hand on the hilt of his gun. I noticed the action and began to cry. I'm sorry, I just, I don't remember seeing you. I hiccuped. His face became severely angry at this denial. Were you speeding? He insisted. I scanned my brain. I was in a residential location where it's about 25 miles per hour. Oftentimes I go 30. Y yes? Why were you speeding? I don't know. I, I have a bad habit of driving too fast in residentials. The answer did not please him and seemed to provoke him more. Why were you speeding? Going 30 in a 25 is a bad habit of mine. I just told you. I looked at him confused. Okay, sure. I was probably speeding, but hell, he was way overreacting for an infraction that small. You pulled over into the dirt and slowed down like you were going to pull yourself over. Soon as I got out of my car, you hit the gas to run and I chased you into this parking lot. I continued to stare at him with tears streaming out of my eyes and shaking my head no. In the street over there, you were going 87 miles per hour in a 35, ran a red light, changed lanes mid-intersection without your turn signal, and ran from a cop. You want to add lying to a cop on top of all of that? My friend decided to join in on the conversation. Officer, when you came into this parking lot, I didn't see any lights either. Even your truck is unmarked. It may be possible we didn't see you. And we don't know what you're talking about because we never pulled over. In fact, we're here for a party. Here's the invite address. She pulled out her phone to show it to the officer. At the time, I couldn't figure out why she was doing that. But now I understand. She was giving him proof that we weren't ducking into the neighborhood to ditch him that we had a reason to be there and whoever he was chasing had duped him. Despite the compelling evidence, he closed in on me, thinking I would crack my alibi since I was already unstable and crying. Why did you run from me? I started to cry harder, audibly. I had no clue what he was talking about. I felt like a little child getting scorned for breaking something when it wasn't my fault. The officer took my crying harder as admission of guilt. We can finish this conversation downtown if that's how you want to do things. He was threatening to arrest me. That's when I broke. 
I'm a good girl. I don't break rules. I don't drink, smoke, or really fool around with guys. Yet, the worst thing imaginable to me wasn't the shame of being arrested. It was the helpless feeling that I could be thrown into an overnight holding cell with other legitimate criminals for something I didn't do. I began to have a panic attack at this thought, breathing harshly, gasping for air between sobs. I doubled over, putting my hands on my knees. My head began to feel dizzy, and I thought I was going to throw up. My friend had had enough and stood herself between the policeman and I. She's 5'7", 125 pounds, tall, slender, blonde, and standing up against this officer, who was 6'3", and easily 240. Stop it! You're scaring her! You're scaring her. She yelled confidently at him. This was the first time doubt began to creep into his mind, and he went quiet. His body language relaxed, and he lowered his flashlight. My roommate turned around and held me, rubbing my arm and coaching me to slow down my breathing. License and registration, he muttered quietly. I nodded my head and slinked over to the car. My friend let me go, turning back to face the policeman. When I came back from the car, I handed him both forms. He looked both of us over once again and walked back to his truck to check his computer of my legal history. I already knew that there wouldn't be any. He walked back to us slowly, handing me my paperwork. Okay. I'll let you off on a warning this time. I was so relieved to understand I wasn't getting arrested that I just nodded my head. The officer walked back to his truck and backed out, leaving us forever. It wasn't until I had a clear mind later that I should have been angry at the comment of letting me go on a warning. I should have asked his name, which precinct. I should have reported him. He had just harassed me into a panic attack. Looking back, his vehicle was unmarked, and I never saw flashing lights. What if the guy wasn't a real officer? What if I was so paranoid about obeying authority figures I'd be too blind to see the ruse. Because he let us go, it made me think that he was real. But the possibility passed through my head. I don't hate policemen. Please don't misunderstand me. In fact, I've had very good experiences with a few. But this one made me more than cautious of my surroundings and has affected my personality since then. To realize that it's okay to question authority and that doesn't mean you're being insubordinate or unlawful. The power he exercised over me in such an abusive way is what scared me the most. And I don't ever want to be caught in that power play again. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you enjoyed this as I release stories weekly here at Copper Shock. Please feel free to submit any stories you may have. They may be based on true events or fictional. Both are welcomed. This recording is available on podcast and YouTube. Please check out any additional content on our Copper Shock Facebook page. Link in the description below. See you next week.